0: Welcome to the Art of Wellness podcast. I'm Kara Reitz. I believe that each individual is an artist and that wellness is not defined by any one method or practice, but whatever you do that makes you show up in life as your best self, unique to you, to curate your life like the work of art that it is, speaking your truth. Here we will talk about everything from following your life's passion to how we are treating ourselves in mind, body, and spirit and how this all connects to the deeper world around us, and the beautiful work of art that is life. Hello, and welcome back to the Art of Wellness Society podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. This is a topic that, even before I decided to even start this podcast, I was, had the idea for this episode. I don't know. I don't understand either. Anyways, today I'm going to be talking about living in Los Angeles. And the reason that I am covering this topic today is because a lot of people um, we see in the public eye, whether it's a celebrity, an artist, influencer, musician, you name it, um, they are most likely either in Los Angeles or New York City. And I think that LA holds this kind of air of mysticism for many of, wow, I wonder what it's really like to live there. And I just want to give a glimpse into the world of LA. And this is all my experience as a disclaimer of Los Angeles. And what I found is that each person's LA life experience is completely different, not one the same. And I actually had the idea, I'd like to like love to compile a book someday called My LA Life and just to talk to all the people I've met and get their perspective um, of how they view LA and how their life experience has been in LA. But I think We tend to dream and idealize a place that we'd love to live, but really a physical place cannot bring you happiness. That comes from within and that comes from the lens that you look through the place from. And it comes From I mean, it it just depends also on where you are in your life at that time is how a a place is going to feel completely different. And this all was a big lesson for me to learn, and it took me a while to understand fully. So, okay, on with the show. Number one thing I'm going to talk about, environment. If you're moving to L.A., environment is key in L.A., I moved to LA when I was 22, and what I can tell you above all is that environment is essential because your LA life is going to be a different world depending on where you live in the area and what your living situation is. I had six roommates, so you can imagine, and that whole situation was finally changing for me. I had found my own apartment, and then COVID hit. So, the rest of that um, journey is still unwritten. But I struggled a lot with my living situation in LA, and I would have felt different within. I know that if in my I would have had a, probably a much brighter time if i my situation would have been a little bit different but i did the best i could so my one recommendation when looking for somewhere to live in la would be finding a place that at least has some sunlight coming in a place that's walkable um and where you can experience some semblance of nature um even if it's a tree or a patch of grass um there's some parks around Anywhere where you can kind of get away and find a little bit of that peace. And strive to find a place with as much space as you can get. I know that's hard to come by in a city um, because the prices are also very high. But just make sure you have a little bit of space. Um, For me, that was huge. And it really I didn't really realize the importance of that or how much space was going to affect me until I was in my situation for a little while. Because my room was, like, basically the size of a bathroom stall in my apartment. <laughs> and my, ch- this was my choice, 100%. Um, my parents were kind of like, are you sure you want to, like, have a room that small? You know, all these things. But I wanted to save money. And I knew the girl that I was living with from my hometown. So I felt kind of a comfort in that. And it's a, it was a great starting place. Um, but, you know... I wanted to save money, like I said, and at the time, I kept on insisting to my parents that I was fine and I would be fine. Um, I was completely blinded, I think, by being in LA and my my dream and my, um, and I was so focused. I really didn't stop to consider how I would feel in my environment, and I kept just bulldozing through, um... And it definitely contributed to kind of the darkness and struggles that I felt because of the small space. I could go into more detail, but I think you kind of get the point, which is to really check in with yourself about how you truly feel in an environment that you're considering. And this just just isn't LA. This is for anywhere that you'd like to go because I really believe that places hold Um, energy and energies that we are susceptible to and these energies can affect us greatly especially if you're living with other people you can take in what they're feeling as well okay next LA and loneliness (laughs) you're gonna meet everyone from every walk of life in LA and I have never been surrounded by more people every day in my life than when, I, when I've when lived in LA. Um, now, I'm an only child, so maybe this came as a little bit more of a shock or change to me um, because of the constant stimulation. But surprisingly, even though I was around people all the time, I hadn't felt lonelier for a little while and, in my life. And I think... It's because you never really know people in L.A. It took me two good years until I finally found, you know, a couple true friends. But for a while, I really never thought that would come and I would just have to accept that that's kind of life in L.A. But with anywhere, it will happen. Um, like I said before, I was blessed and I felt lucky that I knew someone from my hometown right when I came there from the Midwest. And speaking of the Midwest, um, everyone's honest there pretty much. And I was constantly told when I got to LA how nice and sweet I was and making fun of my accent. I know what sometimes comes out on here. But when people would say this, It kind of made me feel really self-conscious, but because to me, it felt like people weren't taking me seriously or maybe underestimated me because I am so honest and not really manipulative at all. Um, Also, Los Angeles is a small world. At times, it felt smaller than my hometown. And everyone really does know or thinks they know everyone or is somehow a mutual acquaintance. So the great thing about this is the opportunity for networking. However, you quickly realize that a lot of the people in L.A. want something, want something from you or from someone. Everyone came out here for their own hustle and dream. So many people are transplants, and I am not criticizing because I myself have been and was constantly networking. And when meeting someone, it took me a while to realize that most people want something from you when meeting you. And I never really experienced that in my life. And This type of thing usually happens at events or parties, um, even parties meant to be quote-unquote social events, and you'll find that not very often um, are there like just simply casual social parties in L.A., Unless it's like a very small group of close friends watching a movie, things like that. But a lot of the time it ends up kind of um, being a networking event, which, you know, is great because so many people are so passionate and interesting and very passionate about what they're doing. And so many of the conversations you have end up being just great exchanges of ideas and flow. On the other hand, though, a lot of people do make a lot of promises or put on a good show in L.A. coming from Michigan, when someone told me that they were doing something or in the process of doing something like going to school to become a doctor or going to work for a certain company or going to a certain school. Nine times out of ten, they were actually doing it. It wasn't an idea in their head; it was actually happening. But in LA, a really, really huge learning curve for me personally was realizing that people really like to hype themselves up, and and like giving them—it's almost like they're giving themselves affirmations when they're talking to you, um, which is great, but. It's kind of like there's many good salespeople. And when I first started going to events in LA, I can't even begin to tell you the amount of people I met that had like the coolest things going on. There are movies in production, they're writing screenplays, they're also an actor that's in talks to play this character on a big show, or their best friend is Spielberg's second cousin. You name it, it's out there. Um, This isn't to say that everyone is lying, but sometimes it's difficult to weed through the inauthenticity, especially when you're a very sweet, honest Midwestern girl who's just very passionate about her dream and. You just really want to believe the best in everybody, right? You want to believe everybody because what they're doing sounds great. And I have had more promises made to me than I could count. People would say, I want you to read for my movie. Or I'm going to cast you in this. Or I will write the script for your story idea. I'll get you into meeting with my agent. All projects, people in meetings that never came to fruition until some time went by and I heard from someone else that I knew that the person I had talked to is fake or creepy. Um I know this this all sounds really negative, but I'm just telling you all this because it's the reality of LA and You just need to be aware of it. And I know that a lot of people that are in LA would agree with me when I talk about these things. And I also am talking about it because I think that people that don't live in LA or experience to the entertainment industry, especially like close friends and family, would kind of ask me like how it was going. and, And I think people tend to assume that it takes one big break to finally make it, that it takes one chance of a lifetime audition with Martin Scorsese and then your Oscar is on its way. One thing my acting coach, Don said to me and had always said to me that really stuck with me was that if you go to an audition... And you feel intimidated because so-and-so is going up for the same role that you are and they might have been on some HBO show or a huge Netflix film. That does not matter because in Hollywood, you're only as good as your next gig. Everyone is going for that next opportunity, that next chance of a lifetime encounter, praying that maybe, maybe this time it's real, maybe this time it will hit. Networking is also the name of the game in Hollywood. And it is true that a lot of it is about who you know. But it's also true that a lot of nepotism does win out. And I used to drive myself crazy thinking about this because I had always tried to compete with that nepotism until I just accepted it and I realized you can't. Another thing I did was I put way too much hope and trust in other people to get me in the room or to cast me, to book me, to make it happen. Yes, networking is In LA is key. But it's also about how you use those connections and how you weave them together for yourself and how you do it personally. Because at the end of the day, you are the only one responsible for your success. You make it happen. Opportunities help. Of course, they help. But even if you blow one opportunity, I promise you, there is always, always another one on the horizon. And it's interesting because when I look back on it, every key meeting and top opportunity that I've had in my career, I've created myself. I put the pieces together. Yes, I am grateful to people who helped me along the way. Of course I am. But at the end of the day, I made the choice to reach out to that person or to respond to them or weave together who I've met and and make it into one thing, you know? Just how I talk about creating your own reality in life, the same goes for how you create your reality in your opportunities. Because the door is always open. You just have to think creatively and open your mind to it. Okay, so maybe your agents are ignoring you? Fine. That doesn't mean that I'm going to sit idly by and wait for them to wake up one morning and magically realize my potential. Because you already know your potential. I mean, you've gotten this far because you've believed in yourself, right? You're the one who moved across the country because you believed in yourself, right? No one is inside of your head, and no one knows how talented you are. No one knows how special you are. Only you're the one who really, really, truly knows that. So it's up to you. What are you going to do about it? Well, think about it. Who did you maybe meet at that event last week? Whose work have you been following? Who can you reach out to and and what can you bring to the table to show the world your shine? And that is the beauty of it. When you realize these things, it sets you free. Because so many in Hollywood or in the industry put all of their focus on getting that agency or that manager to see them and to believe in them. But you have got to believe in yourself first. And you've got to say to yourself, if they don't believe in me, if no agent ever wants me, I'm going to be okay. And when you know that, when you feel that deep within you, failure will never be an option. I have had my fair share of letdowns in LA and throughout my career in acting and modeling. And I probably am the one who made it more difficult for myself because my focus was completely misplaced. I was so worried about the agency or my agency or the manager I wanted believing in me. Waiting for them to see me and to make me a priority amongst all the other people that they have on their board. And I ran myself ragged worrying about what they thought of me. And guess what? They never ended up putting me first. I never felt that they truly believed in me. So all of that worrying at the end of the day was for nothing. Because the lesson in all of that, for me and for everyone else, is you cannot think for others. You cannot will someone to make the decisions you want them to make for you. Don't carry that shit. It's not yours. Continue to focus on you and continue to stay in your own lane. How can you rise to the occasion? How can you get creative? How can you create the opportunity for yourself? Go back to the drawing board. Create something new and beautiful. Because there is nothing more freeing in this world than having to answer to no one and to have complete creative autonomy of what you are building and what you have built for yourself. The rest of it is all illusion, it's the illusion of control over you. There is good, bad, happy, sad everywhere. In this world. And Hollywood held this magic air, this power, over me since I was little. Even more so after I visited when I was 13. And to be honest, through it all, through the darkest times of my life, I still always found and felt the magic somewhere, somehow in L.A. And those moments, those special evenings and nights, they made up for every difficult uncertainty that I was going through at the time. Now, I think I've talked a lot about deep things, and I want to just talk about some LA positives. And because my experience will not be yours, of course, you are always going to meet a lot of cool people regardless in LA. And though many, like I said, talk a big talk, there are also an equal amount of people who are legitimate, whose stories that you'll just want to sit down with them and hours will go by at a party and you'll just want to listen to them talk forever. And yes, you will meet celebrities And it's unbelievable and hilarious to think about the places and things that I fell into completely by chance and who I ended up meeting. But it's really not that surprising because, like I said, L.A. is a small town. Those really weird things ended up becoming part of my life, and everyone will say this, but... After it happens enough time meeting celebrities, it kind of like loses the mystery and magic because you realize and it really hits home that every person is just trying to do their best and they've got their things too and they've got things that I wouldn't want to carry and you kind of just realize that we're all in this la-la land doing our best and It's fascinating, and it keeps life interesting. (laughs) In LA, there's really everything at your fingertips. Restaurants, the best stores, every new trend is there. The ocean and the beaches, of course. And everyone argues about the traffic, but honestly, it never really bothered me that much. It's like, to me, it's not a reason that I wouldn't move somewhere. You learn to live with it just like anything else, and you move with the flow and the cadence of it. And also, through all of the letdowns, like I said before, for every letdown, there's an opportunity. The opportunities are endless because you never really know who you're going to encounter next. Maybe it's on the corner, maybe it's getting your morning coffee in your Uber ride. Each night before I went to bed, without a doubt, whatever the day may have brought me, I went to bed grateful for at least one fascinating encounter with someone that I had met that day. And if you're visiting or planning to move to LA, I thought I would go over some of my favorite restaurants and coffee shops and some experiences, LA experiences. And coffee shops, going to coffee shops, like, are kind of my favorite thing in the world to do, is sitting in a cafe, working or meeting a friend or just sitting alone and thinking. LA is great for that. It has so many amazing cafes. But two of my favorites are the Dialogue Cafe in West Hollywood, which also has amazing food, and they have the best avocado toast. And the other one is the tried-and-true Alfred Coffee on Melrose Place. It has the best people watching, and it's just all around a great cafe. The coffee's great, and it can be busy at times, but it's still my favorite. And I know it's become also really popular on social media and all that, but I think it just, like, holds this special place in my heart because I went there when I was 16, by myself for the first time. And I've just seen really cool people there, met really cool people. There's also an amazing um, farmer's market there that I love to go to. Um, Speaking of which, LA has great Sunday farmer's markets. Um, So like I said, I like Melrose Place Market and also um, Larchmont Boulevard is great. And I've spent so much time on Larchmont Larchmont is basically just this little street in this gorgeous neighborhood of Hancock Park, and they also have great cafes and just so much time spent there. And another one of my favorite spots is creation juice. They have amazing smoothie bowls, juices, snacks, and my fate one of my another one of my favorite things to do was jog with my Dear Friend Tiffany to Larchmont in the morning and then get, like, a smoothie or a bowl afterwards. And that was, like, literally why we'd run, was so we could get to creation. (laughs) Okay. Another one of my favorite locations, which has been on the TikTok a lot lately, is Erewhon. So much money spent there. I can't even. But... It is worth the hype, in my opinion. Just go ahead and Google it if you haven't heard of it. It's like the Disney World of grocery stores. It's like the museum of grocery stores. I just love it. Enough said. Um, for vegan food, I love Cafe Gratitude. They just have a really cute atmosphere and really good food. Um, my favorite atmospheric restaurant is Malibu Farm, and it's right on the ocean in Malibu. So it's really just amazing views. My favorite overall restaurants have to be the classic Dantana's. It's an amazing Italian restaurant, very old Hollywood. It's in West Hollywood. Um, it's It's just the experience. It's amazing. I love it. Um, Another one is Figaro Bistro. It's a French restaurant. That's another just amazing experience. And the best Italian in the world is Il Caprizio on Vermont. I absolutely love that restaurant. It's a family-owned Italian restaurant, and I've never had better Italian. Um, In terms of experiences in L.A., there's so many amazing experiences, but I'm just going to talk about a few of my favorite nostalgic type experiences because I'm a sap and I live for those sappy, nostalgic things. Um, I absolutely love going to the Vista Theater. It's an old movie theater and I don't think there's any better way than to watch a movie and see a movie in... In an old theater, they show old in mo- new movies, so it's just it's just great. Um, also, I love going to the Dresden, which is right across the street from the other two restaurants that I mentioned. Um, it's just a quintessential old Hollywood bar. They also have um, great food there too, and they have just great live music and and that all that. And another thing that's very common and people will say it's touristy, but it's Watching a Sunset at the Griffith Observatory. It's basic, I know, but do not knock it until you've tried it. And my all-time favorite is the Polo Lounge Piano Bar at the Beverly Hills Hotel. So these are just a few of, like, a gazillion amazing nostalgic experiences that there are in LA, but these are the ones that are in my heart and come to my mind right away. Like I've said before, I truly believe that every encounter, experience, and everything that happens to us is for a reason in life. And you can't plan for any of it. No matter how much you prepare, life is going to write the story for you. And you have to ask yourself if you are willing to go for the ride or just simply observe. I've been in both of those places in my life, and I can't say that either is right or wrong, but it just is. And it's all depending on the season you're moving through in your life. I wanted to talk about the mystique and the reality of LA today. Because everything I've seen, heard, learned, and moved through has brought me to what I am sharing now. And I also wanted to take this time and opportunity to announce something that I'm going to be releasing. It's a 21 day inspiration generator ebook, and I'm going to release it this spring. And I've been working on this project for over a year, and it's finally complete. Um, this is going to also be the first time I've shared my photography. And the images in the ebook are those that I've taken and had taken when I was coming out of that block in that really darker space that I talked about. And these photos and the particular method of journaling and meditation practices that I cover in this book healed me 100%. And I know that I was given the idea for this process all for a reason. I want to share it. I want to help you reignite your spark and rediscover your power and help as many people as I can find that alignment and inspiration again in their lives. The book will be downloadable and it will be a fillable document so you won't even have to print it and I'll be announcing its official release date and more details to come soon. And I hope that what I've talked about today resonated with you in some way, maybe gave you some new perspective. I hope you related to some of it wherever you are in your life right now at this moment. And know that, like I said, the door is always open. Another opportunity is on its way. And stay creative. And I hope you enjoyed this episode.